0: Need some uh, is why I use Christian books in discipleing, and uh, I think Chris Chris picked on me because he knows I like to read on this, like to read, which is fine. But then I started looking at all my books, and I realized I don't necessarily have a lot of quote discipleship books. Now I, I I'll share some books I got. Um, that I think that lend themselves to that. That's probably a good deal. But, but I don't necessarily have anything that, that uh, may um, maybe hardcore that way. Um, as we talked ab- about that, they, they list four reasons why it is useful to use Christian books in discipling. Um, just throwing it out there. How many people you have a go-to book or have a book that they, if they have done any discipling or mentoring in the past that they like to use or have used? Yes, Mister Chris. Um, my parents, before I was going back, or maybe when I was just going back to church, I think they went to T4G and they came back with the Matthew
1: Christ Centered Exposition. And uh, those books are just, I I really, really like those books. I think everybody knows that. But um, I've sat down with Kayla. I've sat down with other friends and read those together. And it's great because you're still going through scripture, but at the same time, you're getting like a not highly academic, but easily readable, still smart, That's really helpful, just for understanding the Bible together. And the questions at the
0: end are, like, really good. Because they're, like, equations, basically. It's like right. <laughs> the Matthew one of that series is so, so good. And, like you saying it is the gospel of Matthew. So. You know, sometimes I, that's a good, that, that's interesting to say. I sometimes struggle. Everybody always, you know, the new believer well, let's get them to First John. Or not First John. And I think it to myself, I know a lot of people do that, and that's a really good gospel. But, you know, sometimes I think that's not the best gospel for a new Christian to wade into because that... John is really a pretty heavy book, isn't it? Yeah, because if you think the rest of
2: the book is going to be like the first chapter, you're
0: just like, wow, I'm going to get through a whole book of this. Right, right. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't study John I'm just saying I don't think that's maybe the best gospel to start a new believer in Uh, but uh, but God used it and and people used it so we're we're talking about books Um, one of the points it brings out is it's a normal extremely useful benefit for Christians to converse with one another about spiritual things and that's kind of what you're doing. When you're reading a book, you you know, that engages your mind and you're conversing with the author. And we know, uh, we're not saying that the author of, of books are like the the, the uh, Word of God that's inspired, but somebody took the time to set that down and write that out. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I somewhat view Sunday school, right? That's a better thing about that versus a sermon. It's ability to converse with someone.
3: Yes. Are we talking uh, Bible books or are we talking extra biblical books, Christian books? Extra. Extra, Ex, yeah. Not, non-biblical books.
0: Non-biblical books, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. A.K., well, here, I bought something I thought that, that kind of spoke out a lot to me. Now, this was probably, again, oh, okay. th- this is something that I would say is a little bit like reading John, right? Uh, we'll get into some of this, but I, I got this right here. This is written by David Limbaugh. It's the Emmaus Code, and he goes through the whole book of the Bible... From Genesis to Exodus, all the way to Revelation, pointing out how Jesus is there. It's right there. And he's, he's done a really good scholarly work on how Jesus is right there. In Genesis, it's just it just all the way, every literally every book in the Bible points you toward, the Old Testament ports uh, points you toward. Christ, right now this is a little heavy uh, for maybe a new believer to get into, but it uh, it's a but it, it's written it's written. I think he wrote this for the for the nominal Christian or the maybe even a non-believer just to point out how you know this is not a surprise that Christ came, right? And so and the need for Christ. And so th- th- I would. This is. A book one of the things that the lesson wants you do is pick on books that you've read so this is one I read and would would, would encourage you to look at we we'll kind of get back to that
3: well, well another thing you read all of that book yes sir okay because sometimes you know you get a book and it looks Christian but the thing is you never read it personally so you don't really know what the contents are
0: well that that's,
3: that's another <laughs>
0: That we'll jump a little bit ahead, but we'll probably come back to it. that's the one of the things that they point out, and I think they're key on that. That's well, you, you know, especially for a new believer or whatever it is. People have a tendency to look at books; they find a topic, maybe on prayer, or or the uh, or maybe on the Sermon on the Mount. I'm just trying to fill things out, right? Or on Revelation, you know. Especially if you're leading, if you're discipling someone, you want to make sure you know the author. That's probably a better way to, to get books is know the author, what they believe. I know uh, uh, Mr. Limbaugh, uh, David Limbaugh. I've read some of his other stories. He's obviously the brother of Rush Limbaugh. And, uh, and I've actually heard him in person. So I would, that's one of the reasons I'd recommend this book. Not only the fact that I've read it, so so uh, that's what that's how when you're maybe looking at Christian books is maybe at first you know know the author, talk to someone, you know go talk to Chris. Have you ever heard of this guy? Well, he's a nut. Okay, well I guess I don't want to read that, right? But but I would also say you know I read secular books too. I'm reading a book on it's really fascinating on mosquitoes and how what mosquitoes and the the diseases are covered out, but every time he comes up with his, because of my personal belief, you know, a hundred million years ago, I'm going, "Mm -hmm, whatever, you know, you know, the, so, um, so you, you got to know your author, I mean, and and they accept that or not accept that, that makes sense. so the next point here, it says, read a Christian book like this is having a conversation with a person who cannot be with you in person. So that's what you're doing. You're having a conversation with the author, and that's what you need to do. Is why did he write this? You know, you know, talk, you know, talk to the book. Now, one of the things, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Another thing it says, it points out, it's prideful to think that we can discover for ourselves all the truths from Scripture. And uh, the next point here, it says, you have a limited amount of time. And one of my favorite sayings, other than speak of the devil, is, is don't reinvent the will, right? You don't, you know, we don't need to reinvent the will. I mean, it's there, use it, right? And sometimes we think we... Uh, We've got to really, um, I had a good friend of mine, and he was really good at it. He's a missionary. And and he just hated, he hated using prepared uh, uh, Sunday school material because he had to do it all from scratch. And I don't I need to talk to Dan. He's got five kids now, and he's my age, and a bunch of grandkids. I, you know, when you, when you start having life starts hitting you, all of a sudden you don't necessarily have, you know, unless you're a full-time minister like Chris says, it's kind of hard to sit down and study for 10 hours to prepare a, a lesson together, right? You have limited time, I guess what I'm saying. And sometimes it's useful to use material that somebody else has thought through and that you know and that you trust, right? And and, and use that to advantage. Yes? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, two
4: things. Maybe you've already mentioned this, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes you want, we're attracted to what is novel or, you know, new ideas and stuff like that. And that's a that's a bit dangerous when you're dealing with the inspired word of God. Particularly, we have 2,000 years of wisdom to draw upon, you know, that's been built. So, you know, every generation stands on the shoulders of the poor, so to speak. So, it's like I said, I mean, it's sort of pretty, pretty prideful to think that we can do a better job at this than...
3: All the 2,000 years that's come before us. I mean, obviously, we each have the Holy Spirit,
4: and you know we're, we're each discovering the truth and stuff like that. But it's, right. yeah, it's just like why not take advantage of all this wisdom coming before us? I think you know? some some
5: people on that line too. They try to complicate things. They want to make it more difficult.
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. To, one of my favorite
5: books that I've read so. But it drove home the point of we need Jesus Christ to lead us and we are nothing but sheep and all the stuff that goes with that. And it was so simple. Is that a killer or a different mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's like, why you know, why reinvent it? Why try to make it more complicated than it
0: needs to, to be? be? Some of it, sure, but there's a lot of it that I think people just will not take it at face value that, where it makes sense yes yes and uh there there's needs for some of that but yet uh you know my biggest criticism of johnny Mack, uh sorry guys i know that you know sometimes the chat so, you, know, you pick some of these chapters like we're gonna have five ten sermons on you know you pick a, a whole chapter it's like really we're gonna take ten sermons on that <laughs> go ahead i don't say this just to defend
1: johnny Mack, but when
0: oh. you was talking i was thinking about that yeah i think that and i say
1: this because i've done it but I think, that uh, just from my perspective, you complicate the process. We complicate the process of intaking truth. The complication part is being simple and finding the truth. The complicated part is unpacking it. And that's what pastors do. A lot of times in their sermons, they're like, let's unpack that. John over them we will say that in the sermon. Let's, let's take a moment to unpack that for a second. That's where it's complicated. I think our brains actually, Yearn for a little bit of complication, but we're looking at the wrong place. We're confusing the process. You know, it's like, just read it and then unpack it and then have some fun. Right. But I think it's that
3: back. Right.
0: Well, getting back to kind of what we're talking about, the lesson is we're talking about discipleship. And you're, you're discipling a new believer. You know, I I told I think who did I tell that joke to? I think I told that joke to Chris. And I, okay, this really fits in here. This old rancher comes to church on Sunday. It was a snowstorm out, there, right? He shows up there and gets set down there and the wait for about twenty minutes. And it's just a pastor and this preacher there, right? And the pastor says, "Well, it doesn't look like anybody else is going to show up, so I'll just uh, I guess I'll just give you my sermon." Rancher says, "Sounds good." The old preacher got going, and man, he just, he really let him have it. Hour and a half later, he got done, goes back to, back to church, you know, to do the handshake he used to Old rancher makes his way back there, and the rancher says, son, or the pastor says, what do you think? And he goes, well, son, I'll tell you what. If I got 50 head of cows out there in that pasture, <laughs> and I show up out there with a bunch of cake out there to feed them, and only two of them show up, I don't dump the whole load on. Them. <laughs> so so the point being, in discipleship, you know, you gotta be, you know, I mean there's places and times for maybe books like this. Maybe this is not necessarily the best book, although it's a good book, maybe to show like a you know, take a chapter how back in how in Genesis it shows pointing to Christ. Does that make sense? maybe you don't wanna unload on all the books of the bible on that okay it says how to read a book and i'll tell you uh a little confession here i I think i probably need to you know how old am i we won't go into that but when i when i i've always i've always when i looked at books or even my bible i've really struggled with marking it up just that's me, okay? And sometimes to my chagrin, I read a book and then you know I do a pretty good job of remembering what stuff is. But since I'm teaching the lesson they want to teach, and I would I would encourage people to probably go this way than my way. It says when you're reading a book, have a pencil in hand, mark it up. Especially if it's your book. Now if it's Chris's book, you may you may call him, hey, can I mark up your book, you know? But if it's your book and you own it, just you know, and then and then another thing, and, and I do this when I'm reading the book I have an argument have an argument with the author have a conversation with that author you know you'll go you know you read a book by Al Mohler and you go man I don't know what I agree with him right and and uh, uh, you know and dialogue with him and and you know maybe reread a passage and go well and, and that's what that's what challenges us right and then it says uh, one thing it wants us to do is, um, uh, um, you know, uh, when you read a book, read it two different ways. Read it to yourself, and then read it again if you can, or or maybe you do it simultaneously. Read it looking for specific points of conversation for you, and especially if you're discipling somebody with this. You know, you're reading that book, you say, well, what do you think of this particular thing that he's bringing up? Yes, sir.
3: Well, if you look at a lot of books, usually in the back, sometimes in the front, they have a little page where it sort of gives a little rundown on the author. Yeah. And their picture. Yeah. Read that before you read the book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again in discipleship, it's probably a pretty good idea to know the author. You know, I would recommend if you're discipling someone, you know, unless you. You know, no, I wouldn't necessarily go to them and say, you know, Henry, I know you're a new believer. Why don't you go out and pick out a book we can go through? Probably not a good idea. You know, who knows what they're going to come up with. Now, if they come to you and say, hey, you know, you know, they come up, Chris comes up and says, Jeff, you know, I'd like to have you mentor, and there's a book here that I'm really excited about. You know, would you be willing to go with it? That, you know, make sure you know the book before you say yes. Because it can really get you down on some rabbit trails, right? it's
5: a good way to rely on others in the church though too if I was going to disciple say a young woman I may go speak with Beth and say hey what's a really good book for someone that's new to Christianity you know she may I may know she reads more than I do so she may have a recommendation where I can experience that book for the
0: first time along with the new believer but it's coming from a reliable Absolutely. absolutely know the author know someone that's read it right Right. You know, if it's got Joel Olstein's picture on it, I would recommend you just go, yeah, you'll pass it. You know, that's all I'm saying.
4: One, one, one thing, I guess, to be aware of, there, there's a lot of books out there, and I think, I think they probably mostly fall within some of the women's books, which are written with life lessons and things like this, and some of them, they sound really good, and I know Norm and I have looked at a number of books. and It's like we they, they become very popular and they're passed around and you know talked a lot on Facebook and that kind of stuff. Start thinking into it, you know, I mean, some of it's maybe not so sound. And so popular isn't you know well, be skeptical, you know.
0: Well, I don't know if you guys remember. This was probably the probably the '90s, wasn't? It? There was a weight loss program that a lot of women a lot of people are getting into it but especially it was around women's circles you may remember that series of all I'm talking about may give was about, about how he did eat and come to find out the this gal got out and then found out that she didn't believe Jesus Christ was lord I bet my wife would know you start digging into this she had some really weird police there was that there
5: Tell yourself that hot fudge sundae tastes terrible, and I thought that's a lie because it does
3: taste
5: good. So why do you tell myself a lie? That? thought that's stupid. Right. So well, things I, of that nature. It's like, yeah. you know, don't ring true. Right. And I know it's a small thing, but it's dumb. Right.
0: <laughs> but you know, speaking of the gal that I was talking about, it was really, really popular. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody was talking about it, and and, and she had a big following, and and everybody in churches, and she had some really good ideas on weight loss. I don't think they were wrong, but you start digging in her theology, and you really had to watch it. So just, just be careful. Mike's right. Just be careful on your books. Yeah. Don't. One of the things is, it says don't ask what the author says, this is not a book review, nor is it a test to check their uh, comprehension. So, you know, ask why this is going on. Apply the book back to the person's life, their thinking and their heart. And uh, um, you know, yeah, yeah. In other words, if you know that particular um, author has got a good lifestyle, that helps out, right? Uh, now this is this sounds too much like a book report, which would not be me. This is more Eli. It says here, it, it is probably take uh, notes and summarize each chapter. That sounds like a too much of my, like school schoolwork. Or hey, right?
3: Yeah.
0: But that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Uh, if you got the handout there, it says it. A chance to practice from John Piper there. Um, why don't you, if, has everybody got the handout? Why don't, we, why, why don't you take your time and read that through. Give you a couple minutes here, read that thing through, and then we'll kind of discuss that. This is from John Piper's book, The Pleasures of God. First of all, thoughts. Uh, thoughts. Well, maybe a first question. Has anybody read John Piper's Pleasures of God? I've read some of John Piper's stuff, but I've not read this particular book. This is off page 31 if this uh, interests anybody. So what's your reaction to that Passage.
4: But it's very, I mean, it's, it's deep. There's a lot in there, you know, just dealing with the character of God, the nature of God, and the definition of love. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot in there to unpack.
0: Right. And Just for the sake of the recording, uh, this is talking about how God loves His Son in a way
1: where He is pleased. He is a delight and a pleasure in loving His Son. And so, because of what Christ has done, He loves us in a similar way, right? Right. How does that, how does that apply to <laughs> reading books? I'm a little confused.
0: Well, the idea is the idea is is, is okay. The idea is against the thing. Okay, we're reading this passage, and then getting us to discuss. Okay. What does this mean to you? Talk with the author. Argue with the author. You know what I'm saying? Um. um in other words, uh, you know, can God really love me like he loved Jesus Christ? Uh, you know, you know, is is God going to, re- I don't know, I'm just, you know, is God going to reject me like he rejected his son? No, the answer is no. Well, he, he will if we don't receive him, right? as our personal, as our personal savior. But God loved us, and that he sent his son there. Uh, you know, uh, the one of the things that says there, God is not stooping to the pity that the undeserving when He loves His Son. That's how God loves us. It's not how He loves His Son. He is well pleased with His Son. His soul delights in His Son. When He looks at His Son, He enjoys and admires, cherishes and prizes, and relishes what He sees. The first great pleasure of God is His pleasure in His Son. So that's What we're trying to do is just discuss when you read a book, you know, think it through. You know, does it apply to you and how? But
1: I think, well, I'm just gonna, uh, it's helpful for learning how each other things too. Um, learning how we help each other as a team, as a family. Because even when I was reading this, I was like, How is my brain breaking this down? and then I was like, Oh. Well, that's something I could share, but maybe I should share it in the vein of this is how I think. And I was realizing when I read this, I'm looking for how does it show God's glory? And whatever the truth is, how valuable is it? Like, how valuable is that truth? Whereas there everyone else here could think, be looking for something different that's just as helpful. And for me, it's like, the, well, the glory of God is insane here because, he loves those who sinned against him and treats us like his son. That's amazing. And then the value is, oh my gosh, like this is unbelievable. This is invaluable. This is, if anybody, and this is just one piece of like what it means to be a Christian, and anybody in life who's wandering around trying to find the answers to life, this is the answer. To be loved like this.
0: So, We're all looking for love, right?
1: Yeah, and this is insane. I mean, Why would he do that? (laughs) But it's just, it's nice to take a moment and just sharing how I think it's nice to take a moment and be like, I've just read about a truth that just like, it destroys, I mean, my anxieties, like my difficulties, nothing stands in comparison to this truth that I just read in this paragraph. That's what it's like to know God together.
0: One of the questions that the lesson wants us to ask thinking about this is, how would this idea serve to shatter a man-centered view of the universe?
4: Yeah, I mean, this demonstrates, I mean, it's one of those things that I think when you delve into scripture, you understand this truth. I don't think it really says this specifically, but that God is completely sufficient within himself. He he had all the relationship, he had all the love that brought him pleasure, and I think that's what this brings out. And God didn't he didn't need to create us. He certainly didn't need to save us in order to gain, in order to add anything to himself, he was completely self-sufficient. And so that just amplifies <laughs> God's grace and love <laughs> towards us I mean the fact that he desired to have a relationship with us it's like,
0: you know it's like wow <laughs> right good any other thoughts on that before we leave that particular alright choosing a book number three Two types of book that you can pick to read with the, uh, somebody you're trying to discipleship is doctoral and devotional again we've kind of talked about this already but on the on the doctrinal thing is I would encourage you not to go real heavy stay does that kind of make sense I don't want to melt toast but I don't necessarily think you need to do a two-year run of Romans in other words. Uh, not that that wouldn't be a good thing to possibly do, but uh, Romans is a great book. But it's maybe, you know, a two year study on Romans is probably not where you want to start disciplines at right away. So That's all I'm saying. It depends. You know what I'm saying? It depends on the,
1: like I said before,
0: it depends on the Christians. Right. The right. The, yep. In general. Right. Maybe. Well, I, I will so. clarify this. That not, that 2080 thing that I always like to say. <laughs> words, Eighty twenty. Eighty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike.
4: Well, I was going to say. I mean, discipleship isn't only for the new new believer. I mean, discipleship is for the entire Christian life. I mean, Christ, someone's been Christian for decades still ought to be some Former fashion, you know, to someone else. So maybe it's a very, still a regular thing. And maybe in that case it is. We are think it's something very, very deep, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, and so it, it is part of, I mean, the relationship part will drive some of this, same thing.
0: should it? Well, I, I guess maybe getting back to what the lesson is trying to do, at least it's my interpretation of the lesson, is we're talking about discipling new believers. And Mike's right, I agree with you. You know, In discipling, it not only when I'm teaching science school class or I'm discipling someone, I think it does some ways almost more for me. I feel like it does a lot for me or you. Does that make sense? You know, go wow! I'm glad I did that, and and uh, um, so you know, no matter where you've been saved for two years or fifty years, you know. Uh, helping someone or teaching a class or discipling, that's a learning learning in a in an empowerment of yourself, isn't it? So so no matter what's going on, but uh, the idea of the lesson today is to help us think about using books in discipling. And you're right. Now when I originally read I said a new believer, but it could be discipling, you know me, Mike, and Chris get together, and hopefully we're probably mature in our Christianity, and we say, "Let's dive into some deep, right?"
4: Yeah. One example, I think. I think your dad doesn't go through like systematic theology yeah. with guys. I mean, that's. It is really Does that maybe, maybe uh, does he do it with brand new believers or someone who's maybe a little more mature? I mean, no. Definitely, that's part of
1: the reason I said it, it depends because he'll definitely do that for people that are like. Maybe for other people,
4: they'd be like, maybe they should wait. You'd
0: be like, no, we'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, yeah. Well, one of the things that I've heard a lot on, and I think I tend to agree with it, you know, lots of times, um, you know, when we're dealing with new believers or even missionaries, you know, uh, and they've done, I don't know about studies, but they kind of did that. You know, I think one of the best things to do, and we forget about this sometimes, especially in our, some of the Christian Denominate? I don't know. We have a tendency we want to forget about the Old Testament, and, and sometimes it's good to start there in Genesis, because if you don't understand Genesis, you don't under maybe quite get the fact why did Christ have to die for me? You know, because Janet, well, we tried the law. The law doesn't what? What was the law for? Convict. To convict, right? It doesn't save you. The law never saved you. And so that's, you know, you know, where you disciple. you know, start at the beginning sometimes. So important. We want to jump all the way, you know, you know, uh, Ver McGee says that, you know, where, where does everybody want us to jump to? Especially as a new believer, usually. What book of the Bible do they want? Come on, guys. Revelation. Revelation, right? Yeah. You know? You could like Jern McGee says, you can always get a crowd if you're gonna preach on Revelations. <laughs> but you don't really understand Revelations unless you really understand the you know you really need all all the old testament and and, and, and the gospels right to really totally understand Revelations. And and it gives you a lot more balance on that. So anyway. Okay, the next point it wants to bring out the book you choose for the person you're a disciple will depend largely on his or hers needs and interests. interests. Like, for example, I, like I said, I just pull out some of the books I have on hand. I thought, you know, if it's a new believer, you know, I mean, this is, shows you my age. You know, maybe they're struggling with finances. Maybe it's a single mom. Here's Larry Burkett's uh, book on uh, the coming earth. That, well, there's probably a better one than this, but this particular one is on the coming earthquake, you know, and it, and it, and it you know, there, that may be a good book to use. Uh, a book of Larry Burkett that's talking about how to manage money, right? What's talked about most of anything else in the Bible? Gotta give it away, but do you know? Money. Money. Oh, good guess. Good guess. And so that may be a good place to start with them, right? Pick a good author. Let you know. And there's some really charlatans. A.K. If you're talking about money, I would not get Joel Olsen's book on how to manage your finances. That's <laughs> just me personally. I like to pick on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it, it, we've already talked about this. It says right be careful not to choose books based solely on the title, know the author. Right, you know, i think thinking the finances, especially a new believer. If it's a single mom or well, anybody, but i think thinking a single a single parent that's maybe that's struggling with finances. That's maybe a good place to start. Right, that would encourage them. How do I handle my finances? Um, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I, I would say too, in getting to know the author, that's not. Um, that's not an opportunity to find one thing that you don't like about the author and then never read anything they've ever read ever, 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 ever again. Like I was just doing school last night and I found out that BB e. Warfield and John Stott, some John Stott who's been quoted from our pulpit many times, have older beliefs that are against what I believe. But I'm not going to stop reading. right i'm just going to be like because i know exactly like it's it's not just about knowing the good it's about knowing the bad Uh, that's why i think uh even with these guys recently who did some bad things you know uh, say a bunch of names you can still watch videos and learn from
0: them right
1: you know you just need to but at, at the same time like you said it does kind of mess things up, and that's according to the Bible. Like, if they have a bad character, maybe you should just go find <laughs> a book with somebody who's got good character, because it's hard to stop thinking about it. Right. Because it's a part of their witness, and it's, if anything, it becomes an example for you that, like, yeah, you can really mess everything up. <laughs> I, I,
4: I've always loved A.W. Pink. I like to read his, a lot of his stuff. I, I like, I
5: like mostly dead guys. <laughs> but,
0: uh, they can't argue with you. Is that it, Mike? <laughs> yeah. yeah, mostly dead. I guess.
4: So I read this stuff for years and years, and then I found out I don't know like a couple years ago that he became so obsessed with like the health of the church that he sort of became embittered the last few years of his life, and sort of like just you know dropped. I don't know if he dropped him. I do think he dropped out of the church. But he sort of you know, there there was sort of this bitterness and this distance and a, you know maybe a bit of a pride thing or something like that, but it's like that doesn't that doesn't negate all the great different words that he you know, all the great things that he wrote. Is it worth words. it though? I mean like I mean that's that's different than like the character like the character is really
2: dangerous. it's like there's so much like, so much to read out there. That's it. Well, you gotta have a filter anyway, so it's just use yeah. the filter out. And then with AWP, it's like, everything you wrote didn't inspire me to love the church. It's like, do I continue to read? I mean, there's other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I to read. And then it's really funny you brought up AWP because I was actually going to bring up AW Tozer. Which is an example of someone who I don't agree with his theology, but his book, what his writing is like super powerful. And AW Soser was actually a, a contemporary with AWP. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's my one of my three favorite AW AW <laughs> <laughs> <A. W. B. laughs>
0: Well, I, I think this is again we kinda of said this at the beginning. You know, the, the books we're talking about here are not inspired like the Bible. Yeah, right. Okay? And we're all sinners. You know, uh, I don't want me to think of this. This is not necessarily discipleship, but one of my favorite authors is Warren Worsby, right? All the B series. Excellent book. Just throw it out there. <laughs> I kind of flashed on that. But, but you know, there's a good author, right? And as far as I know, he held, I think he's passed, hasn't he? Isn't Warren I think he's gone yeah. yeah and and uh you can you can use that kind of stuff so so uh again remember and maybe that's a lesson to us right uh, our favorite preacher or our favorite book they're not christ and the right they have is not necessarily inspired like the so we got to be careful right and and then I, I when you guys are talking about some of these things some it doesn't necessarily mean what they write uh, is uh, is wrong. But that's how we got. That's how we had that conversation with the book. Yes. Well, isn't that? I mean, Mike isn't that just like David, David was he was after God's own heart,
5: but look what he did. He did really well, and then he sees this beautiful woman, and he's like, Ah, oh, yeah, okay, go get her, and, you know. And then we know what he did. But then God still used to That doesn't negate all the good things. Of a character, if that was a man living today and you knew he did that, but he wrote a lot of good books, would you read those books? I would still read his books yes. because he's he's I'm still a sinner mm-hmm. just because I come to church every Sunday and I'm reading in the Word and I'm trying to help somebody else, but then you know, I one night I go out there and I was so stressed out and got drunk or something. Does that make me? And he killed someone in a car accident, and then he turned around. and He said, "I confess." And what what did Joe say? "I repent." Doesn't act And you did that. I'd say she she's you know, sorry.
0: Well, the point being that we're trying to get across here is, is it's not the inspired word of God. Yes, Chris. Yeah, it's it's
1: not. It's not the inspired word of God. That is a great example, though. Yeah. But he does have you know he did right. the inspired word of God. Yeah. But if he wrote another, I'm sure he had other things he wrote that weren't in the Bible, and those were still useful if they were, you know. But there's definitely a separation. And I guess this comes down to maybe different opinions of doctrine of good and bad. But there's a separation between, and this is why understanding things, things are so important. Um, and a lot of Christians don't for years and years. But when I do something good, it's not me. It's God. Spirit is doing something good through me. Right. When I do something bad, that's on me. You know. So when I when I write a really good book, I did something good, and I didn't do it of my own, like only of my own accord. It was hundred percent me and hundred percent him. But it's still really useful. It's not the inspired word, but it's a good thing. Right. You know, that's, it's a good thing.
5: That's where it's important, especially in a discipling manner. you can read a book every single day and, and talk about the book with someone, but if you have an inability to tie it back to what the scripture says on those same themes, you're missing the mark. It's dangerous. You may have don't. to be able to tie it back. I have read books before, whatever you call them, There's no scriptural reference. I stop reading. I stop reading those. I don't do. Where are you getting this from? Right. It's good point.
0: Good point.
4: I think part of it, so backing up to some of the first week, what, what is the goal of discipleship? Well, one of them, as we saw in Hebrews, to develop discernment. You're helping someone else develop discernment. That's a very important part of it. So, um, whether you agree with every single thing in that book, or perhaps there's something that maybe you're skeptical of, I think it's important to, that's an important part of this discipleship is saying, you know, perhaps let's look at this. Let's examine this according to scripture. Let's develop discernment. So, you know, if you don't agree 100% with everything in there, that's still useful. Right. That's
0: useful. Well, it challenges us, doesn't it?
4: Yeah.
0: You know, and I remember, and I wish I could remember their names. I'm so terrible at this. But one time we had a... uh, it was a prophecy uh, uh, conference there at, uh, um, at Grace, and uh, uh, Pentecost was there, and there's another big dude that was there, you know, when I was young. You know, sometimes that doesn't impress you. I wish out my gosh, I I, listen, I heard Pentecost. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a mover shaker in the... Evangelical things of. Um, I mean, he's read a lot of books. Anyway, anyway one of the other other guys is there. He was there listening to this other guy. Now we're talking prophecy, right? We're not talking the inheritance of scripture or the the divine birth of Christ or something like that. And the one the one guy says, you know, because of I can't remember which one it was, but one of them said, hey, I've changed my view on this because of what I heard. And this is a guy that had his doctorate, was teaching at a major seminary. You know, that's why we need, why we read books or why we get together, and, a.k.a. the Sunday school class, right? We challenge each other. You know, even more. To me, not anything against sermons, and I, I get challenged. That's not But to me, I get challenged in Sunday school class because I'm dialoguing with Chris. You know, or Sean, and and they're the one. Hey, Jeff, that's loony. Or, or you know what? Have you thought about it this way? You know, and that's when we grow, isn't it? So you're
2: saying both are a
0: dialogue. Yes, it's a dialogue. I mean, you.
2: They need to be approached both by the author and the reader as a a dialogue within the community.
0: Um, Yep. Yep. So yeah um, <laughs> one of the things uh, just thinking about the weird thing I mean you, things are good and I think it has been used but that song it is well with my soul. I've read the book on that, the author and his wife. let's just say yeah, it's a mess okay but that song, my goodness is that on or, wrong or not? it is on. But let's just say the author and and his wife and his personal walk had some major issues. Major issues. But, man, has that song not been used to to God's glory, right? But God uses messed up people. Right, right. Okay, other things to read other than books. Some uh, some things. Well, here, it's listed there. But can you think of some that's maybe not, not necessarily books that you've used?
4: Series, take, you
0: know, video or audio series, sermons, like that. Mm. Well, my wife loves hymns. I mean, she's got phew, I, three dozen hymn books. <laughs> I Maybe mean, That's an exaggeration, but but she she likes to just read hymns or songs, you know. Yeah, let's have a debate on what's a hymn and what's not. Okay, we will do it. <laughs> Chris is oh yeah man. Gosh Dave, we can't let Jeff speak again. He got he gotta open up a can of can of worms there. But anyway, but so that's a good thing to read, right? A lot of these a lot of these blogs are really helpful because they're
1: short and they have a lot of scripture. And you're right there on the computer, so you can look up the scripture really fast on there too. But like yeah, those have been really
4: helpful I think for a lot of people. It's like online articles. That's what I like, speak to them like you read this stuff, it's all very nice bite sized you know, maybe like three pages in the book. Well it's because most of these are articles he broke for 30, 40 years. For journals or magazines he wrote articles, series right. of articles and stuff, that's like okay. Right. So they very I mean, something like that, they're very well suited for just getting together with someone for an hour, you know, right. that kind of stuff. So, sort of bite-sized pieces. Right. And a lot of, lot of C.S. Lewis stuff you'll find. You'll find the same chapter in a number of different books.
0: A lot of his books are sort of collections of his writings and stuff like that. So something yeah. like that you'll see a lot of bite Yeah, the mere Christianity led uh, Chuck Colson to the to the Lord. You know, if you've read uh, anything of... Lewis is—it's uh, kind of academic, shall we say? Right? Would you would you agree with that term? And you know, and you think of Chuck Colson, and you think, yeah, I would take a book like that to, to, to make an impact on somebody like that's life, right? Where me, I read this comic book. <laughs> yeah, it really meant a lot to me. Oh, Jeff, that was really a lot of scholarly work. Yeah, <laughs> you should see the pictures. has some good
2: theology.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Do you remember the Chick magazine? The, remember those? I got a whole bunch of them if you haven't seen them.
3: Yeah. Sure.
0: yeah, Chick Bible, you know, their little pamphlets? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, another th- another one that I'd recommend to you if you don't if you don't if you like reading, a good magazines World Magazine. They also have a podcast. Uh, uh, they're, you know, they're again they aren't all that, but they're Presbyterian. And if you're a Southern Baptist, you have an issue with their with their baptism thing. So, you know, you know the, old, the old joke, when the Presbyterians do uh, baptism, they sing higher ground. Yeah, you know, uh, the Baptists, you know, hold them under the bubble, right? Yeah, Go ahead.
1: Feeding off of what Bethany said before, and this, again, this comes down, like, this depends on the Christians that are part of the discipling relationship, very much so. That really is so important, so thank you for making those points. It's so important. Get to know the person that you're discipling back and forth very well with. But I think that the going back to Scripture, uh, really, it's just something I recommend and something that me and us of my Christian friends do, is to don't necessarily push out depends on the person, don't necessarily push out a secular book or a secular movie, like break it down with scripture, like weigh it against scripture if you start weighing all of these secular things that God has clearly ordained for you to see amongst life every single day you can't avoid them, you know like I make the joke of when when people curse I'm not super offended because I went to public school Heard it all the time, you know, it's, it's, I couldn't avoid it. But if you take the time to make that stretch, to take something like, you know, a Marvel movie, and to make the stretch to like, how does this weigh get Scripture? It's got heroism, it's got fighting for good, it's got, oh, but that one decision, that was sinful, and they're trying to make it look like it was good, but it wasn't. And the Bible makes that clear. Oh my gosh. The ability together as disciples to break down the entire world biblically. It's unbelievable. So, you got the book and you got the stretch to the Bible. And then you got like these things that are of the world and making that stretch there. It's
4: really
0: helpful, right? Well, you know, I know when we were first married. Uh, oh, by the way, I want you to know I got an A plus in Marriage in the Home of Grace. <laughs> and what? I got an A plus. Well, that's not true. I got an A. The only way you can get an A plus in marriage in the home at Grace is if you got engaged during the class. <laughs> oh, but I, no, 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 I didn't do that. And, you know, I probably should get my money back. I did not get my, I did not get married when I said. Well, you talked to my wife. I mean, I was, I was prepared. <laughs> no, no. Well, the reason I bring that up is, you know, if you're, well, say you're just, on a young um, married person. I don't want to necessarily speak for Bethany on this totally, but uh, but I, we've kind of agreed on this. And uh, You know, her biggest frustration lots of times reading some of the Christian books on marriage. She said, I get done reading it, and it didn't make my marriage any better. I was so mad at Jeff because he was worthless. <laughs> it's like, he's telling all these points. Well, this ain't helping me anything. But the one book that meant a lot to her, it's a secular book, and if you read it, there's a lot of good stuff in it. Men are men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and it just, it, it, I mean, it's not a Christian book, but it really points out there are differences between men and women, and here's are some reasons. If 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 you, you know, that's a really really good book. If you're if you're struggling with that in a marriage, just just read that book. And granted, it's secular. And you know that going in, but it really helps out. Bethy says, That, that, yeah, she said, I read that book and I wasn't quite as bad at Jeff as I was before. So, (laughs) anyway. It
1: is is helpful for the couple to point out the places that are wrong together. It's very helpful. That's discipleship, working together to be like, That's wrong, right? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, you're learning. Right
0: you got to learn how to fight, son. <laughs> you to well learn how to fight. I don't have that problem. <laughs> so you didn't have to learn that one. Out. No, I to do <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, you know, and that's what they said. You know, so the, yeah. Again, know the author, know the book, and, and a.k.a. men are for Mars, women are for Venus. You know, you you know that may be a book that you'd want to use, but you know it going in. Does that make sense? Yeah. What's your kind of interest?
4: It's quite a Futurama. The Futurama version. Men are from another and Persia. Women are from another
0: planet. Persia. How many people, just out of curiosity, has anybody other than me read that book? Men are from. My, I, think no. husband, I think my husband read it, but I did not. I, did it help you or not? Yes, I'll tell you why later. No. Did? Eleventh grade? Well, <laughs> oh, okay, eleventh grade. Yeah, that may not be helpful. Yeah, that may not be helpful.
2: It was to prove to us men in eleventh grade how terrible
0: we were. Okay. Wow, well, Huh? That's interesting. I, I would say, yeah, yeah, and that's how you approach a book, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, in that particular book, when Bethany read it, it's okay. Well, this is how men are. It wasn't necessarily. I always thought the book didn't necessarily do that. It did a good thing. This how we are. We're different. We're different. There's nothing there's wrong with that. We're just different, and and that's a good thing.
1: And as you know, like if you read something like that, and this goes for Christian books too. If you find a book about humility, that's not the be all and all. <laughs> Doing the study on that one book about humility, you still gotta, if you wanna understand it more, you gotta continue. Maybe you gotta read four more books on humility to get some other perspectives. You can't, based off the Bible, you can't read that one book and be like, well, we did a study on this, so this is what humility is. It's like, no, we did a study on this, so this is kind of what we're thinking about humility when it has to
4: do with the Bible. So that was one of the books that, did you know Roger Wendell? Anyway, he, um, so he took, me. We went to the book, a dead guy, Andrew Murray, um, humility. But well, that, that is a really good book, you know, for discipleship. But but I read through it, and I, it's like the first few chapters are so great. I went up to Norma, and I said, so I put it up there and said, humility. And said, you got to read this book. <laughs>
0: So now the secret is we give Mike Mike a book. You go well. You probably want to read. You probably won't like this book. Mike Dave's not dead yet, <laughs> so what, uh, but Larry Burkett's dead. So so that'll help out. <laughs> one one good category of books, though, that I think is probably always good for discipleship, and that's things like the attributes
4: of God, that like uh, J.I. Packer, you know, mm-hmm. God or something. You can't go wrong.
0: With right. Yeah. That's like a. That. I mean,
4: yeah. That's, and that's you'll learn I mean every time you go through it
0: you'll learn it right? relearn it. Alright, well it lists here of, of the, the people who put together this thing of, of some of the books here that are good to to uh, read. Uh, has any of the of the list here well pleasures God, that's Piper. Uh, has anybody read any of these particular books?
1: Spiritual disciplines of the Christian
0: life. You've read cannot, that one? I
1: cannot recommend that book enough. It's okay.
0: Available. My son Eli's read the, the nine marks of a healthy church. And uh, that's of the pastor that runs this church, isn't it? Mark Deaver, or however you pronounce his name. Dever. So th- th- this is just a list. If, if you're interested, there's nothing. There's other books out there. Or, go ahead. Just, just from
1: before, like knowing the author, I found that it's useful... A little bit less useful but it's still useful look at, look at the publisher turn the book over and look at what the publisher is oh, a lot cool. of times yeah. you'll find a lot of really well maybe read some books. to be like i keep seeing this publisher what's going on like that can be helpful you can find a lot of good books because sometimes these publishers are like we're not putting out something that's wrong right
0: hmm. well to wrap up we're about out of time here how to get started reading a book with someone uh, there's four points here. Be brave. Look for opportunities. Be brave. Be willing to make suggestions. Ask for input if you wish, but be willing to take the select to make the selection for your friend. I would say that's number one. You know, I, I'm not saying you should um, ask. You know, maybe ask for input if it's a new believer and say, hey, you know, is there an area that you're interested in? And, and especially if it's a new believer, I think I would would encourage you to may, maybe select what that is. Uh, you know. It's not bad asking, but you got to be really careful. And I'm serious about that because, you know, if, let's say he goes with Cuffs uh, on his name, guy down in Houston. We won't mention his name anymore. But start with a no. yes, starts with the no. If they recommend that, you're going, Nah, that's not right. It's Houston, isn't it? Is it right on that? Remember, remember your own encouragement and what that and want that for others. And, and I, I think I, any time you go through a book like that or teach a science of a class or, or anything, Bible study, you name it, it, I think it does just as much for the teacher as it does for anyone else. One question. Is it a good one? Okay, well, I'll decide. Or you let us know.
2: all attributes. It's very complete about the attributes of God. So personally, it's, it's profitable, but how do we know what to recommend to, to others? Because it just seems like it's like, it can be like indoctrination if we take something that we yeah. prefer, because it's what we it's in line with our beliefs and mm-hmm.
4: what i yeah, I mean I think you're you're going beyond us talking now. It's just each of us as individuals we're we're impacted by different books. I mean different books speak to us at different times in our life, so I think what you're saying is, do I want to push on someone else this the series of things that really touched, really worked for me and impacted me and that's it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I think it's I think we ought to be Maybe that's part of that, being brave or whatever. Be open to. I, yeah, I mean, I think something to be aware of and realize that maybe something that was really, I thought was great. Just, you know, something else. So, I don't know, that's part of the relationship. Part of maybe getting ideas from others in the church yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say it's pretty hard sometimes to be to teach something or or to do something if you're not if it doesn't impact your life even if it doesn't impact your if it impacts your life maybe it doesn't mean as much to, to to chris as it does me but chris is going to be excited about it because i'm excited about it does that make sense or it means something to me now it may not impact chris in the same way that impacted me or it impacted mike but if you're like, this is a dollar, <laughs> I can't take it. You know, chances are, so I would say in picking a book, pick something that's, that, you know, that means something to you, right?
5: Give them a little summary. or say, you know,
3: this is what it's about. Does that sound like something about the Lord you would like to learn? Right, Maybe. right, right. Yes? Well, from the title, you can usually uh, discover or see what... Uh, Point the author's trying to make for, through the whole book. Right,
0: right, right. Yep, yep. And we're, we're I don't excite you
3: that much if the book, was
0: right. Well, the point is, we're talking about discipleship. You want a book that means something to you, right? Because yeah. if it doesn't mean something to you, it's pretty hard to get excited about it, and that's what happens sometimes, right? I think one quick point.
4: I know maybe all might not agree with this, but I think you got to be flexible enough too to say if you're going through a book and maybe this isn't really working. You have to be flexible enough to say, eh, is there something else? Maybe we, right? You know? That's true. I mean that's part of the as you develop a relationship and stuff like that. But I would not consider that a failure or a top out. I think I think we ought to be flexible. Yeah.
0: Right. Agreed. Uh, Alrighty. Well, seriously, I've read this book. I, there I got it. But if anybody wants to read this, they're more than welcome to do it. It's good. I read it. It's good. It's good. You it's, have to really save your time and kind of wait for it. It's It is heavy. Yes. Yes, it is.